BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hey there, Thunder Buddies and Travellers Down Thunder Road. It's us, Days of Thunder, the WCW Thunder rewatch podcast that you didn't ask for, but we did anyway, coming to you as part of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. I'm your host, your Henry Sellers on Thunder Road, Dave Ryan, and I am joined, as always, by my faithful co-host, Stagger Lee Malone. Lee, how are you this week? I'm a bit thrown off by your Henry Sellers introduction. Yeah, well, I feel like I've been watching, as we were setting up tonight, I was watching the news as um, the, the 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 government in the UK are slowly imploding in on themselves. And I just like, I just could hear the echoes of Henry Sellers and Father Ted, suck me, <laughs> suck me. <laughs> I made the BBC. <laughs> I love a Father Ted reference on the show. Yeah, I know. So, uh, people who uh, didn't get the reference, you should watch. You should treat yourselves to Father Ted. I actually recently watched um, the YouTube algorithm is weird and it, it popped up uh, videos of Americans watching clips from Father oh, Ted. Really? And okay. I was surprised how I was surprised how much of the humor translates. Um, I watched a couple of dudes watching the uh, I hear you're a racist now, Father <laughs> bit and absolutely losing their lives laughing at it. Um, so yeah, watch Father Ted, guys, written by Arthur Matthews and nobody else. Yes. Um, <laughs> Lee, before we before we get into business, you've been on your jolliers. I have. Uh, you went off. Uh, you went off to Portugal. I did go to Portugal for the second time this year. Yeah, Jesus Christ, mate! Uh, this is absconding with the Patreon this, money. Listen, the Patreon's uh, a success. So I'm gonna start taking some vacations. Yeah, yeah, you're like one of the, you know, like all those um, Irish, like, cartel kingpins that went off to just live in the Costa del Sol. <laughs> what was that show on uh, TV? It was Costa del Crime or fucking one of them. Yeah, 
just leaving this fucking idiot here to do all the work go, at home. Go start, That's go start wearing a gold chain and open shorts at all, all times. <laughs> yeah, I mean more so than than usual. Oh, yeah. That's your, that's your usual podcast recording <laughs> uniform. Um, when you're not doing the full Lanza, um, how was your holiday? It was quite enjoyable. The weather was fantastic. The the beer was cheap. My family was still there, oh, good. which is you know. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody ever wondered if uh, Lee's wife listens to this podcast, there's proof positive she doesn't because he knows he can get away oh, with yeah, saying yeah. that. I, I am not a brave man. <laughs> no. <laughs> Noted coward, Lee Malone. <laughs> um, I know, look, it was great, great holiday. Um, fucking no complaints it was lovely lovely uh spot where we went and i'm sure we'd be going back next year because my wife is nothing if not a creature of habit and when she finds somewhere she likes she will stick to it uh you see me, me and emma are the opposite where she likes going different places like she so she likes going back to prague a lot because that's she went to college there for mm. years so she has like a bit of an attachment to the city but other than that i don't think we've ever been to the same place twice um on holidays yeah no that, that. Um, whereas i'm so, i'm somewhere in between like i like places i know mm. but i also like new places you know um if i was if, if i had that uh fuck you leave alone two holiday money uh siphoned off of the patreon uh i'd do like one regular holiday and one you know exotic holiday well, well i mean um, listen I, I went on two holidays within 20 minutes of each other so you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> you went on a holiday from your holiday exactly exactly um yeah things have been good here as well while you've been gone um i i had a weird uh i posted it on on my instagram page which is is private but you actually no we're not we're not instagram, I don't, I don't not have instagram, instagram guy. No. yeah yeah um so i was i was on stage last week uh, for a work thing oh okay which is really weird um so like i'm anybody who's listened to the show for a long time kind of knows the vague area in which i work but also probably knows that i'm a film nerd um and i got an email going hey as an expert in the field you work in uh we're doing a, a screening of a couple of short films that uh tackle that subject matter would you like to be on for a panel discussion with the cast and crew afterwards to lend your kind of uh, your point of view on things. And I nearly took their hand off of that invite. So it's like, look, it was a little kind of local theatre, only maybe like 100 people uh, in the audience. But it's such a like a cool, different thing to do. Yeah. I, I had. I had a great time and it was like, I, I definitely, it's one of those things where when you're the only person on the stage of like five people who, and you're the only one who wasn't in the movie <laughs> or, or making the movie, you do get like a moment of imposter syndrome until like the questions that you can chip into start coming in from the crowd. Um, yeah, uh, but it was a good night. Um, and like... It's scratch. It's 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 brought back an itch I've had for a long time. Lee is like one of my kind of bucket list things is to learn the craft of making films and being around the kind of like independent short film creators for a night was just like oh, do I have the time on top of my job and my home life and Days of Thunder to fit in a film course? <laughs> yes, plus your other fucking four podcasts that you do. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, it's like I determined not to have any free time. Um, but hey, Lee, excellent opportunity for a segue. Speaking of multiple podcasts, um, you're going to do a quick roundup for us. Mm. Our first full month uh, at 
patreon.com slash WCW Thunderpod has ended, meaning that this week that you are listening to this show is the best week of the month to sign up. Don't wait till later in the month because then you might, you'll might you kind of have, you'll pay for a week of Days of Thunder bonus content, which is worth it. And then you'll just be, you know, charged again at the start of next month because they, they charge on the first of the month. The earlier in the month you get it, the more bang for your book mm-hmm. you're getting. So let the good people know what they missed in month one and what they're getting in month two. So in the month of June, our first month, as they've said, we had Rehash of the Champions 1, our monthly, well, what's going to be pretty much monthly for the first couple of months anyway, uh, recap of every WCW, NWA era um, Clash of the Champions. I was about to say Rehash of the Champions because that's now ingrained in my brain. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we did obviously Clash of the Champions 1, um, we also had our first draft and drafts and drafts episode, which is going to be a semi-regular show where we will draft depending on whatever I choose. Mm. So, and uh, in an absolute fix, you won episode one. But I mean, of course, I won episode one. What yeah, my card was yeah, the was host wins, obviously superior. But everybody will have to go subscribe and listen to decide for themselves. Yes. Um. I, I will say as well, episode two of that, the plan we have, will take the power out of your hands slightly. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it, it's 100% going to be a very special episode for Draft and Draft 2 whenever we do that. Um, also, at the WC, patreon.com forward slash WCWThunderPod, we had Dave posting his match of the year sheet, which he is going to update every month, just so he kind of keeps up with it more than anything else. Yeah, it's more. It's one of those things where I want uh, the pressure to have to keep it up to date, and also uh, the thing I really liked from this month was getting recommendations mm-hmm. from people, and I can't s- strongly enough say to people listening, please either on Twitter or if you're on the Patreon, I you know on the post where I post the sheet every month, hit me with match recommendations you're not seeing on my sheet or you think I might have missed. Um, I'm all for that i know i have uh our good friend of the show uh monkey buckles mm-hmm. uh mark he uh messaged me to tell me that i think it's the king of gate finals is something i need to watch um so that is going to be on the sheet hopefully by the time that episode comes out oh, lovely and you also this last month did the first grab bag which i believe you went for about 50 minutes answering well, talk, talking about what you'd been up to, basically, while I was gone. And I think you answered a couple of questions, didn't you, as well? Uh, so I, 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 I answered a couple of comments yeah. and, and talked about a couple of matches that had been recommended to me. So it's kind of... I, I think what the idea we had, Lee, was that we had been taking up a lot of time on this show talking about, like, at length about our takes on current day wrestling, where, like, it's grand to do a bit of a summary Mm -hmm. on some episodes, but I I think maybe the best place for that is on a show where it's kind of, like, just random bits and pieces of of what's going on now. So Grab Bag Audio is kind of stream of consciousness. Uh, Here's the stuff I've been watching. I get into more detail on the matches I've added to the sheet that Mm -hmm. month. Um, and something that the listeners have fed back on, because I kind of said, hey, look, you guys shaped this show. Tell me what you want it to be. Do you want me to talk about, hey, these are films I've been watching as well, or, you know, what kind of stuff? And the one thing we heard back from a couple of people was uh, Q&A. Yes. 
So every month before the grab bag comes out, one of us will post looking for questions from uh, patrons. And hey, look, if you see it coming up on the Twitter and you want to ask a question, you can ask it. But the only way you'll hear it is by signing up at the Team Beefy Dad here or above. Yeah. And so that was, oh, we also had um, our first vote for DOT at the movies. So in July this month, we will have our first at the movies episode where we put up uh, three three movies to be selected from. It was Dave's choice, which was the Jesse Ventura story. We had my choice, which was Mr. Nanny. And we had a listener choice, which was the actual Days of Thunder starring Tom Cruise. I think we can reveal, Lee, because by the time this comes out, we'll have closed it, but all uh, all the films are in insurmountable positions, mm-hmm. so I think we can announce the third, second, and first. Um, so if the, if this wets your whistle, uh, make sure to subscribe so you can hear us review uh, the winning film. So in third place, Mr. Nanny. In second place, Days of Thunder, which means that uh, episode one of At The Movies this month is going to be the TV movie classic, The Jesse Ventura Story. Yes. I cannot wait because this was a movie that we actually discovered while talking on, I yeah. believe it was, was it the rehash show or draft? I know. I think it was uh, Thunder 55. Oh, was it Thunder 55? Okay, that's what it was. Yeah. So, yeah. So, this is a show both of us only, or a, a, a movie that both of us only realized was a thing. And now we get to watch it. Neither of us have watched. Yes. Yeah. Um, and just as a sneak preview for a couple of months down the line when we do the, the next at the movies we both have our picks locked already and that second poll is going to whip ass <laughs> man I'm so excited I'm so excited and we, we, we are open to two suggestions for the third spot but we will come we'll mention that when we're closer to the time yes absolutely. Um, also yeah we will have Rehash of the Champions 2 this month which we have already recorded and is ready to drop when Dave uh, this day this next day week, week Lee as people are listening to this um, also as we said Dave will update his sheet this month and we will have a grab bag at the end of the month so yeah a loaded month as we will always yeah. try to provide at patreon.com forward slash WCW Thunderpod mm, thanks very much for that roundup, Lee. Lee um, I suppose it's time my friend um, and you can tell by the uh, the quality or what I thought of the show that for the first time in a while I've poured myself a large adult beverage mm. I, I, I I did a homemade uh, Joe Gordon Levitt Jemison Ginger and mm-hmm. Lime um, and I am having a great time with it um, actually they, while I was on my holidays I did supply a picture of a quite monstrous JGL that I was provided yeah as a uh, Sweet, it's it, it's it's just a great summer drink, isn't it? It was. Now, listen, I I I said this to you and um, friends of ours that I went into the, the hotel bar and I was like, "Hey, listen, I see you have a list of cocktails. What can you do with whiskey?" And he goes, "Oh, do you like ginger ale?" I was like, "Now you speak my language, sir." <laughs> yeah, we have an understanding, sir. So, so when I say this thing was like a fishbowl, <laughs> it was monstrous, and it cost very very little. It was delicious. <laughs> oh, that's trouble. That's trouble. Um, but hey, let's let's get into it. Uh, but first, a word from our sponsors. 
Hey there, Days of Thunder listener. You know what? It's 2022. It's a busy world. Shit is going on. You've got a lot on your plate, but you know what? You don't want to shortchange yourself in the dinner department. Well, fear not, because Days of Thunder is once again brought to you by our dear, dear friends at HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Get farm-fresh seasonal produce and easy-to-make recipes delivered right to your door every week. HelloFresh's chefs really know how to diversify the menu with seasonal recipes like salmon limon and pasta primavera. Oh boy. If you want to avail of the offer being made to you, the Days of Thunder listener, you need look no further than HelloFresh.com slash VOW16 and use code VOW16 for up to 16 free meals and as well as that, three free gifts. Boy, howdy. That's HelloFresh.com slash VOW16. Use code VOW16 to avail of that offer. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Now back to the lads. This is Thunder episode 56, uh, a the second half of a double shot from Lexington, Kentucky, dated 25th of March 1999, scoring a 3.1 rating. Um, Tony and Pyro both kick us <laughs> off, uh, Bobby and Tanae on the call with him. Um, he said lots of calls to WCW this week that Ric Flair is not defending the belt. Uh, and in a very we'll show you uh, attitude, Tony says, boy, are you wrong tonight? He's going to defend the belt against Barry Windham. Yeah, why not? <laughs> why, why not? But again, it's one of those like I'm not saying this would be a, a barn buster pop a rating type deal. But like, I, I mean, there's definitely something you could do building a couple of weeks to Flair versus Windham. Uh, Right, uh, I don't know. Is there a former horseman? You know, uh, in nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, like there's something. Yeah, look, look uh, I'm just impressed they're advertising it right off the top of the show. Yeah, yeah, that they're <laughs> mentioning it before the match is currently happening yeah, in ring. Basically, um, I the thing that absolutely astonished me about this is where Tony goes, and of course, is like basically as we all know, uh. Barry Windham is one of the top contenders for the world title. I was like, is he now? I mean, <laughs> because the man has been in tag team competition for most of this run. Yeah. And like last week, half the roster called Ric Flair out for title matches and Barry Windham wasn't a fuck anywhere to be found. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, but listen, he's Barry Windham. He's always a top contender. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, in as much as he is one of the largest yes, men. exactly. Therefore, he must always be. It's like the whole, you know, Big Show is always a threat in Battle Royals, even though he never fucking wins them. Uh, it's like he's one of the largest men. Therefore, he must be a main contender at all times. Hey, listen, I watched the uh, 2001 Royal Rumble today and Big Show yeah. returned for what had to have already been the umpteenth time on that show. Yeah. And JR got very excited as he chokeslammed everybody and then got eliminated straight away. Yeah, incredible. <laughs> Just consistently from uh, Mr. No More BS himself. <laughs> um, our opening contest here uh, pits Scotty Riggs versus Jerry Flynn. And um, Scotty Riggs um, sporting a different look. Very like, uh, I think as, as Brain said, well, there's Scotty Riggs. Hasn't shaved in a while. Mm-hmm. 
Um, he's just he's looking very very moist. He's no longer a pirate. He's, he's no longer a pirate. Uh, the hair is kind of a bit more slicked mm-hmm. back and tidied. Um, and he's got new tights. Um, that still kind of have iconography that would suggest like he, you know, uh, he's still in the yes. flock. Yeah. Um, but you know, whatever. Um, what did you think of the the new and improved Scotty Riggs? I don't really think much of the anything Scotty Riggs. I'll be honest. <laughs> you try your best not to. Yeah, unless Scotty Riggs is uh, one half of the American males, I really don't have a strong opinion on him. Mm. <laughs> um, here's where so like I I think as we'll we'll talk about the show, um. I didn't hate a lot of the action on the show, but something that absolutely drove me insane from minute one of match one was these three commentators, the cattiness. Oh, they are at it all night. I don't think I've ever listened to a worse commentary performance by three commentators I very much enjoy. Mm-hmm. But the, but the mean? three of them simultaneously... It's not like two of them were yeah. messing and one of them was taking it seriously. These three guys yeah. were just so uninterested in the show. Not only that, but they seemed like, you know, there was some some jovialness, but also there was like an edge to some of it that like, did they have a bit of a row before they got in there? Because obviously they're not recording this in the building. This is in the studio. Mm-hmm. Um, But like, were they a bit annoyed at each other? Because there's definitely like, I'm actually annoyed vibes off Tony and off Brain as well mm-hmm. uh, at various points during the show. Today is just kind of happy to be there. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know, man. It was it, it, and it, like it consistently took me out of the show in a way that only like contemporary WWE commentary does. You know, I can usually tune out bang average commentary. Mm-hmm. But this was so, they were so loud and so constant. And I think maybe there was like one to two matches on the show at a push where they were mainly focused on the match. And that is really pushing it. Um, And that's out of seven matches on the whole show. Mm. It was a really disappointing performance from the lads. Yeah, I, I don't know whether I'm just used to after years and years of just hearing shit commentary that I've just kind of blocked it out at this stage. But... Mm. I absolutely agree that all night these three were just back and forward, back and forward. And instead of adding to what I thought was overall a decent in-ring show, mm. like you said, it really took away from it. Yeah, I found myself coming out of it going, I shouldn't have hated that show, but I I basically had a headache mm-hmm. by the end of it because I just couldn't deal with it. Um. something that occurred to me about 30 seconds in maybe is that with the new look were you getting a touch of uh, Daddy Magic Matt Maynard off Scotty Riggs here I can see it now that you say it yeah Um, but also I know where Scotty Riggs ends up yeah outside of WCW and I just yeah yeah, so that's what I see him as at this stage yeah Um, can I say by the way just because I've mentioned him now have you seen that daddy magic promo oh man holy shit holy shit is like one of the like an aw is a company that like i've seen some all-timer promos coming out of there and that is one of the best that it's so good three of the most compelling minutes or whatever whatever it lasted it was just incredible 
it's one of those great things i kind of a, a switch flicked with me in my head this month uh watching their stuff where you know the way one of the popular things everyone says is like there's a great segment but why aren't they showing this on the show mm-hmm. and i was like well firstly they have a hundred thousand people to fit on the show and that is you know partly by their own a problem of their own doing but something clicked at me that like i think they're doing like their understanding of the audience and how they consume things i think some of these are better as being popped out on twitter or being popped out on youtube um because like i couldn't log on for two days without seeing his blood dried into his face his giant giant head screaming down the camera i will say like you, you work with a lot of younger people I have a nine-year-old son. I mean, he, as you're aware, I've been at home for the last two days with my sick son. All yeah. he does is consume YouTube. Yeah. He does not watch TV. He watches mm. YouTube. And let me tell you, he saw this and he was just like, he was blown away by it. Never mind, like, yeah. us at our fucking old age. In <laughs> our autumn years. But like, yeah, like you, you couldn't log on to Twitter. We couldn't go on to the VOW Slack without this promo being discussed. Yeah, um, and so good, so good. Um, yeah, what what a performer that guy is! <laughs> like, really, a guy's criminally underutilized until relatively recently in his career. And hey, don't play down a uh, cool hand, Angelo Parker, because oh, cool hand, Ange, man, his his swiping back his hair as he's prone to do with the the bloody face was just incredible and then he he also got a very good promo <laughs> you know it's getting lost behind um daddy magic's incredible promo but i mean he did another good job i um one of the and, and somebody was using it as kind of like a um a criticism of the blood and guts match one of the hugest pops i had during the match was uh when the camera just cuts to the wide shot and all of a sudden you see cool hand Ange hanging upside, upside down, down through yeah. the trusses of the cage incredible i think they went to a um, break straight off that if i remember correctly it's just like, what the fuck is he doing there? Yeah, I, I like that a lot. Uh, anyway, back to this incredibly tedious match. Um, this is where, like, the, the commentary vibe is already, like, I'm not having it. Um, there's, like, a line where, where Tony, and this is to show, like, contemporary movie reference, where Tony um, Tony says to Brain, can I hit you with a movie title? Analyze this. And Brain, being, like, the dated older man, is like, was Gregory Peck in that? And then Tanay buries both of them by. I think this was like maybe the funniest line on commentary all night, where he slags both of them off by going, "I, I haven't been on the couch lately, so I don't know." <laughs> <laughs> Just implying that the two of them are lazy sacks of shit, and he's the only one that's a professional. I like that. He's the only one putting in some work around here. <laughs> yeah. And do you know what the thing about this distracting commentary is? Like sometimes you can have a match that's so good it manages to cut through. Um, and you're you're able to focus on the in ring action. Uh, Scotty Riggs and Jerry Flynn is not the match. No, to do that. Um, I have a question for you: Is Jerry Flynn yeah. a face here? Yeah. I mean, I I guess. I mean, he overcomes. Yeah, like because most of the match is 
rigs and this is like oh my god i i have such a bone to pick with the whoever is producing the matches on this show because the amount of matches that are literally just let's just do some holds mm-hmm. i i'd fucking lost my mind by about three matches in um it, it like the match is rigs wearing flynn down and and flynn like doing some fiery comebacks even though like you said like with where he's been lately and and maybe also where we have an idea where he might be going it's not necessarily he's not necessarily supposed to be the baby face and he's not very sympathetic i mean he's no it just doesn't work at all um yeah i i do love that rig spends the majority of the match working over jerry flynn's legs only for jerry flynn to Mm. ultimately ignore all of that in the finishing sequence yeah yeah um that's what I had said, and this was, I, I suppose, um, a bad omen for the show is that, uh, and I don't remember like anything being, you know, there was that, there was that cruiserweight match last week that was good, wasn't there? But other than that, like there wasn't much on Thunder Fifty Five that I'm like, oh hell yeah, um, but this crowd are not interested in this show. They are no awful. A lot of uh, cheers, and, a lot of empty cheers. Yeah. Yeah, and what you have is Flynn doing comebacks that, like you said, aren't that great. Uh, and because the crowd isn't that great on top of that, these are like ice cold. He's doing this, like he might as well be doing this in a crypt. Um, he wins with a cross arm breaker. The only other uh, thing I managed to glean off commentary in the, in the match was um, where they start using insider terms and Tony in a remarkable act of self-burial said, about the three of them that were all gimmicks here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, nothing, nothing to write home about. Um, just an actual struggle to focus on the match because of the lads. Um, we get a Steiner versus Bagwell package, and I actually thought, like the, with the exception of one that I could not understand why they put this video package on the show. The video packages throughout were pretty good. Um. Yeah, they seem pretty focused on what they wanted to get over with the video packages. Yeah. Um, um, I I miss the era of, like, you'd be watching Raw or SmackDown or Nitro or Thunder, and they just hit you up with a video package hyping up a dude who's already on the roster. Not necessarily a vignette of someone who's about to debut, but just like, hey, remember this guy? He's a fucking badass, right? Mm-hmm. Um. And I like this. This was a nice kind of tight recap of the Steiner versus Bagwell package. Um, I did find it very funny and in some ways very timely uh, of Scott Steiner to accuse Buff Bagwell of not training his brain. Um, (laughs) And I also love that, you know, um, based on everything we've consumed and in this video package as well, this is a feud based around two men who think they are the most hench. Yeah. Um, and that is great. That is great stuff. This is uh, Rick Rude versus Ultimate Warrior from 1989, who has the best body, who can bench press the most. Yeah. That, that, I, that's what this is. Know, uh, yeah. Again, you can have feuds like this. I am totally down for it. Um, our next singles match, we've got Wrath versus, hold on, let me dust it off. It's an Enos alert. Yes, that's right. Mike Enos is back on Thunder. Uh, but 
I gotta say, Lee, it was a real rough look at Enos. I was very sad looking Enos this month. Oh my god, he used to be uh, that that Enos used to be a lot more vascular. Um, I will say, uh, he's looking quite soft it, here, is, which I'm sure happens to a lot of guys. Is it that we go so long without seeing the Enos that he looks different every time? <laughs> You're almost shocked when the Enos reemerges. Yeah, you never know quite what <laughs> he's going to look like, what he's going to have on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's the thing about the you know the 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 wide world. There's a variety of Enuses out there, and you just got to find the one that's best for you. <laughs> How long can we keep this Enus show going? You got to keep listening. <laughs> I, don't to find out. <laughs> I, I don't know, but if we can keep it up for more than four hours, we should consult a GP. Uh, <laughs> uh, Lee, two matches in, I'm already losing it. Why are why is this match just big guys doing holds? Because who wants to see you big know, guys hitting each other? Who wants to hear, <laughs> yeah, who wants to see big guys doing strikes or power moves or anything that they might look good doing? And it's like no, let's just grab a fucking headlock. And also, what this crowd are dead. I know what'll get them going. Rest spots. Yeah. Fucking hell. Um like two matches back to back we didn't kind of break down the the first match too much but in that match and in this match you get like a minute of really slow action and then they immediately grab a headlock yep i was like what the fuck like it's just it's so you can really tell on you know it's a point we keep hitting but you can tell on the second half of these these double shots I don't give a fuck. It's like, no, we're like all the producers and stuff. I'm packing my shit up and getting to my rent a car. It's like, yeah, just, I I don't know. Six minutes, do a headlock, go to your Listen, fuck after, after you've produced, what, fucking 14 matches and then you get down to Mike Enos versus Rat, do you think Terry Taylor or Aaron Anderson is going, listen, yeah. we have this great idea. No, they're going, fucking yeah. go out there and do six minutes, grab a hold, fucking powerbomb for the finish or whatever the fuck was. And- and it's fairly it's fairly one sided as well. Um, Rath is absolutely spanking the Enos, um, and then Enos just really awkwardly spills all over the floor, hey, hey, um, li- which you know can happen sometimes when you spank it too much. <laughs> Listen, we we both know Rath is a big fan of Mike Enos. He yeah. has liked many a tweet about Mike Enos. Indeed, <laughs> an Enos enthusiast. Yes, I mean, listen. Um, as well as him being, you know, soft and that and just looking like he's having a bad time and hasn't been sleeping that much. Um, Mike Enos's die job. It's so bad. It's bad, isn't it? It's, so it's bad. real. It's that like he's got the black hair dye and he's just emptied the fucking bottle in there. Now, I'm not somebody who has ever dyed my hair, but like he's definitely the one where he has dyed it a shade of black that does not exist in nature. It like it is so deeply and profoundly black. It's drawing light from the building. It's shoe polish black. That's what it is. Yeah, it it is. It's it's horrendous. I mean, as somebody who has dyed their hair when they had some multiple multiple times and had many a disaster, I yeah. I've never dyed my hair black for the reason, as you say, Mike Enos looked absolutely fucking ridiculous. I've had friends who have tried to dye their hair blue and it's come out navy yeah. but I've never had the one where they try to dye it black and it comes out like this 
Like like you said, it is like he just got like a shoe polish mm-hmm. thing and just rubbed it through his hair. It's, do you know what it is? It's somebody, it's like a kid who is doing a Halloween costume where they need to have black hair. So they just like put some shit in it yeah. that's like temporary, but it's like really thick and goopy. It doesn't last very long. Um, yeah. Uh, Wrath wins with a meltdown. Match sucked. Um, then we have, again, look, I love the vignettes, but I was just puzzled as to why this person got a vignette. Lex Luger, um, you know, the total package getting one here. I thought the font as well on this video package was really fucking weird. Lex Luger that um, hasn't wrestled in months. And I don't know, will yeah. he wrestle for months? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I have no idea. I have no idea where Lex is at the moment. Um, and, and Additionally, I was kind of disappointed because at first, Tony threw to the video package by saying, and now we're going to see... Um, we're, we're going to take a closer look at the torture yeah. rack. And I was like, are they just going to show a minute of like Lex Luger looking into the hard cam doing the torture rack, which is a very static maneuver. And just like the only difference is like every couple of seconds, the person in the rack changes. So I would love that. So here's, here's the thing about this, this Lex Luger video package. Lex Luger yeah. has been a member of the NWO for what? 15 months at this stage. Yeah, like he didn't didn't he join the Wolfpack in like, like January '98. Yeah, yeah, it was like right when we started. He had just joined. So the, uh, the Wolfpack was like maybe fe- maybe it was February '98. Give give him credit. Yeah. Um. So over twelve months he's been in the NWO. NWO. Uh, yeah. Most of this video package is '1997 Lex Luger in his trunks. <laughs> yeah. Well, to be fair, I couldn't give you off the top of my head a lot of uh, a lot of nineteen ninety eight Lex highlights. Again, you could probably count on on two hands how many times we've even seen him wrestle mm-hmm. on the show. Particularly in a singles match, you could probably get that out of one hand. Oh, easily. The the one that springs to mind is the Lex Luger tag match with Kevin Nash, which was on a random tour. Yeah. Mm. After that, I'm lost. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Um. Next up, we have Fit Finley versus Chris Adams. And wouldn't you know it, they just grab fucking holes straight away. Oh, my God. Uh, Haven't we seen this match before? We have seen this match before. Because... I see this match in my nightmares. Because didn't they make the same jokes about the troubles that they made again? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Um, that Like, this is what I wrote here. Like, Fit Finley is... Especially at this stage. Like, before he's, you know you're getting very excited because we're tipping closer to just like walk and brawler Fit Finley. Hardcore don't give a fuck um, Fit Finley, yeah. Yeah. But this is still Fit Finley. I'm going to fucking do a razzle uh, regardless of what the, the fans actually want. Uh, so this is not the Fit Finley you no. want to kick up the pace of a show. And like, obviously, you know, we've gone through it time and time again about Chris Adams' health issues and things like that. So he's not exactly in a condition to whip around the ring himself. Um, but I, I will say to his merit a couple of times that Chris Adams does get moments to shine in here he he tries something like a bit lively mm-hmm. a bit lively uh, and immediately Fit rolls outside the ring proper like Butlin's heel oh yeah just, uh, just totally kills it like it's it's so fucking bad like honestly yeah Um, I like there was I think for the maybe the 
the, the minute and a half to two minutes before the finish, there was a couple of moments where it threatened to get a bit physical, which I was enjoying. Uh, there was a really good uh, Finley hit an inverted European uppercut to the back of Adams's head that looked brutal. That may have been the only thing that excited the commentators on the show. Um, what excited me in a, how bad was this for a guy who's like pretty competent in the ring? Chris Adams threw one of the worst super kicks I've ever seen in my life. Unfortunate, like <laughs> that man. You know, he he was the one that kind of made the super kick a finish, and it's really unfortunate that he had, had actually had that bad of a super kick caught on camera. Yeah, it barely got to hip height. Mm-hmm. Like it was, it was dreadful. And and Finley wins with the tombstone pile driver. Um, we get a, a replay because we've seen this before. Mm-hmm. The Malenko and Benoit video scored to Hardcore Holly's theme music. Uh, which is just still very funny. Um, you, 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 then you know when they get... got to uh, WWF that Hardcore Holly held that against them. I haven't. You're telling me, Lee, that Bob Holly is some sort of arsehole. Oh, li- listen, I I say it's a massive shock to you to find out that Bob Holly held something against somebody that had nothing got to do with them. People should talk more about that because, like, he has a squeaky clean reputation. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think people realise just how much of a dickhead that man was. Yeah, well, I'm so happy on this show to be breaking news <laughs> for people out there. Um, fi- finally, um, an oasis in the middle of this desert of rest holes. We get Blitzkrieg versus Kidman, which, Lee, it wasn't... An all-timer. It wasn't as good as Kidman Mysterio. It wasn't as good as some of those other ones we've been watching lately. Mm-hmm. But at least they tried to do shit. What, what did I tell you weeks ago? I said Blitzkrieg was going to fucking lighten up this show. He was going to be a highlight yeah. for as long as he sticks around. And listen, yeah. I don't know how much longer he has, which is unfortunate. I'm just glad yeah. of all the months we've picked to do multiple Nitros and all the Thunders as usual... That this month where Blitzkrieg is around because, yeah. Let me tell you, this man has been the MVP not because of all these great performances, just because it's consistent. Yeah, because it's consistent. <laughs> it's consistently fun because even again, and I'll get into it in this match. Some of the stuff he does looks like it fucking eats shit. Do you know what I mean? Like it's and the the production in WCW doesn't help him either. No, but the, like. But the, Again, he's doing interesting things and, and we're cognizant enough of like, in 1999, you haven't seen almost any of the shit he does ever before. No, the dude is out here. Like, he he's obviously a lot smaller than even the cruiserweights. Mm. And he has the shindiest looking gear you're ever going to see on national TV. Yeah. But none of this matters because he is such a breath of fresh air to the stale fucking shit you get put like fucking we we've seen horace hogan so many times in the past couple of weeks on this show uh and he's in the next match and i i tweeted about it during this show is like i don't think the 10 year old me that was watching wcw ever thought that in 2022 i'd watch this much horace hogan but i mean look at the difference between blitzkrieg and brian adams or horace hogan or stevie like any of them fucking geeks and this guy's just out here having fun having fucking Dumbass cruiserweight matches with Biddy Kidman and Hoovy and fucking whoever yeah. else. 
Yeah. And it's again, it's before that like flippy super indie style was done to death. Like it's, I can only imagine watching this first run in 1999. What a breath of fresh air this guy is. Like, like you said, even for us compared to those dorks, he's a breath of fresh air. But imagine like in 1999 where you've never seen Jack Evans or any of the people that wrestle like him for the years later. I'm that person. I Like 20 yeah. odd years later, I still remember Blitz Creek showing up. Like that, that's how much mm. of an impression he left. What's going on, guys? This is Rich from the Flagship Podcast here on the Voice of Wrestling Podcast Network. And I just want to let you know about a brand new sponsor we have for the network. It's Eufy. And let me tell you a little bit about their newest product, the Eufy Video Smart E330. This isn't your everyday smart lock. This is a smart lock, a 2K camera and a doorbell offering triple the security and triple the convenience. Instead of loading up your door with a bunch of different devices, you install one, and it takes care of everything in a complete package. It's not just about the home security, though. The Eufy Video Smart Lock E330 is also for convenience. No more worrying about losing keys. You can let each member of your family get a password. You can monitor their movement in and out of the house. You can keep an eye on your packages. You can check in on your house while you're away. There is so much you can do with this product. Best of all, it is easy to install and set up. All you need is a Phillips screwdriver. Leave that drill in the toolbox. The Eufy has keyless entry, a 0.3 second fingerprint recognition, a rechargeable battery with a four month lifespan, two way audio from the lock, enhanced night vision, 24 seven customer support. And you'll love this. None of those pesky monthly fees. Eufy sent me a smart lock 330 and I've loved it so far. It allows me peace of mind when I'm at work or when I'm away on one of my patented vacations. Plus it helps me keep track of deliveries to the house, saves me a trip back to the car. If I just need to run in for something and I forgot my keys and the two way audio system works well for those unwanted guests at my front door. No, I do not need new siding or windows or a roof. Thank you, though. You can simply tell them you aren't interested from the comfort of your couch. Now, are you ready to ditch the others and join the Eufy revolution? Of course you are. Get started today by searching Eufy Video Lock on your search engine of choice. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can finally, once and for all, gain complete control of your door. Once again, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock ufiofficial.com slash video lock and we thank them for sponsoring the voice wrestling podcast network bet mgm has an unreal deal for sports fans in maryland turn five dollars into 150 dollars instantly when you place your first wager at bet mgm simply download the bet mgm app and sign up using code old line 150 then Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Yeah. Um, it starts well enough and it really kicks up a notch when Blitzkrieg does a corkscrew moonsault off the apron. Um, 
it really sucks that the commentary just continues to dick about during this that like i think you could do a really good job getting blitzkrieg over to a tv audience mm-hmm. if they took it fucking seriously and they don't and that's sad um also taking a fucking ad break during this match is just ridiculous yeah um running powerbomb from kidman uh which looked good uh scoop slam and a slingshot leg drop as we go into that break that uh lee was talking about uh huge body press as we come back from the break um blitzkrieg then like he's doing some kind of flipping kicks some wacky lucha and some twisting splashes uh the latter of which the the twisting splashes like oh those don't look great um but you're kind of the angle the first time you see him you're like okay maybe he made some contact more on that in a couple of minutes um again the really disappointing thing is like this crowd is burnt out and not interested so even in this which is like so antithetical to everything else you've seen so far on the show they're still not into Mm -hmm. it because it's the third hour of thunder they've been watching that's before you even factor in any dark matches they had um and not only is it the third hour but they've just had to endure several back-to-back matches of large slow men doing holds Mm -hmm. so could you blame them for not being into this they're just zoned out and and listen the like I said, there's a lot of empty chairs in the arena at this stage. So yeah. you're you're even struggling to get energy from what's left of a crowd. It's not going to be easy. Yeah. Like usually even the kind of mediocre to bad crowds still do the entrances and finishers pops. Mm-hmm. And they, they're still kind of there. But, you know, when even the entrances and finisher pops aren't great, you're like, okay. I think the only one who gets proper like heat and loud reactions on the show is Flair later on. Um, and even then, it's still not like it's not and vociferous. It's not great, yeah, yeah. This isn't like him in Puerto Rico having to like run back onto a plane because he might get murdered. Um, it's just kind of like, oh, boo, <laughs> <laughs> you know. It's that like, um. So uh, Blitzkrieg tries his finish, the sky twisting moonsault. He misses. Kidman back suplexes him into position, hits the shooting star press for the win. And then in perhaps the the greatest disservice so far done to Blitzkrieg by WCW, they do a replay of some of the highlights of the match and they show his twisting splash from an alternate angle where it's very clear that Blitzkrieg just jumped onto his own shoulder and completely missed Kidman. What have we said a million times on the show? Thunder was edited in advance. It was it was taped a week previously, yes. Lee. And then edited, and somehow they always pick the worst angles for the replay. Always. It, it's just It's unbelievable. I don't know how. I don't honestly, how this company lasted as long as it did is a fucking mystery. <laughs> you know. It's they're more consistent with bad replays than they are with any booking. You know, um, that's that's admirable, I suppose, in its own way. Um, next up, singles match. Kaz Hayashi versus Horace Hogan. A fucking Styles Clash and a half. Fucking hell, Lee. Um, Kaz as uh, is... the knockoff Glacier. That That's yeah. still a thing. Yeah. Um, this is the closest thing to a man wrestling a broom I've seen on Thunder in months. Um, Kaz, God bless Kaz Hayashi, fucking flinging himself mm-hmm. around here, doing everything to make Horace look good. And he's still just a big sack of shit because 
there again, there's no urgency. There's no ring awareness. There's no psychology to anything Horace does. He's just like obviously being told, okay, you stand there for this bit and Kaz is going to like bounce off you. And not only is he doing fuck all, Lee, but 90 seconds in, he's completely gassed. Yeah, it's kind of shocking that this man had been wrestling for a number of years at this point and he just has no ring stamina at all. Um, It's almost like, you know, being bloated and full of steroids is not a good thing. Yeah. He um there there's one bit in this match where he clotheslines Kaz in midair and the camera, the hard cam zooms in on him and he's just looking down and he's like drenched in sweat and he's sucking air. And again, it's like two minutes in. <laughs> Fuck me. Hey. Um at least he won't be on TV for the remainder of the run. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, obviously, yeah, no, we'll ne- we never see him again. Definitely. Um, he does what I think is one of the most unforgivable sins for a man of his size, and that's he can't even catch a little dude diving at him. He, like, poor Kaz nearly fucking dies. Yep, he does the miss. Uh, he fucking just totally evades ca- catching Kaz on the dive. Yeah. Like, literally, all you have to do is, like, let the dude hit off mm-hmm. you. And you will catch him better than, like, I can't even describe what he did here. Um, he hits his finish, the H-bomb, which is, if you're wondering what the H-bomb is, it's a shite Samoan drop. Why is it called a H-bomb? Uh, because he's yeah, Horace. Well, uh, and because he has H-bomb written on his arse and chalk. <laughs> I, I get the Horace thing, but, like... Isn't the hatred like I? Well, really, because I don't get the Horace thing. As no, a as, as in hate for Horace. Like I, I understand yeah. that part of it, but like, so oh, uh, we should definitely do a WCW Letterland book. <laughs> H is for Horace. <laughs> um, but like, obviously, there is like hydrogen bombs and stuff like that. That that's cool. Yeah, but you know, it it's a small drop. It's not a bomb. No, yeah, it's not. It's just like I reckon. That maybe that was a nickname someone had for him, and he's like, "Oh, that sounds good." Uh, so he made it his finish. I, I Hulk fucking once called him H bomb in the back. He's like, "I'm going to use that yeah. for my finish." Yeah, but knowing that he called him H bomb because he forgot his own nephew. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, um, because like how forgettable. Like that man is like the, you know, the the Howard Moon's bland face of uh, of wrestlers. It- Jesus Christ. Listen, Hulk Hogan only knew three names backstage. That was Hacksaw, Jimmy, yeah. and Brutus. They're not really a man's eyes, are they? They're more of a cockerel's eyes embedded into a man's face. Um, <laughs> we get a, a replay then of um, the US title tournament matches so far, both of which we watched. So we're got, I just zoned out. Oh, yeah, no, I, just, I just have US title tournament recap. That's fucking... Yeah. But again, it was one of those where it was like weirdly extended highlights. Like it wasn't full matches, but it was like more than I would have expected. Hey, listen, I'm not going to knock them for actually doing something competent. So, you know. Do you know what? Yeah, in these things, like in a tournament, I'd rather them show too much than not enough. I guess you're right on that. I'll give you that. Uh, then we get our tournament match for tonight, which uh, is Perry Saturn versus Booker T. And Lee, there was a time where seeing this match on the card, we would get hyped out of our fucking minds. Hey, remember Super Brawl 98? And these two had a fucking banger of a match. Yeah. And it's just like, it just shows what they've done with Saturn. Now, on Knights of Nitro, we talked about how we were like into the angle of him coming back with Raven. 
but again this is taped before that happens there's so no reference kind of, of it gone, yeah. no reference whatsoever and he's just out here in his weird gear no one gives a shit about him people kind of like booker t like as far as this lexington crowd goes in the fourth hour <laughs> of watching thunder that he kind of gets one of the bigger baby face pops on the show which is good they haven't completely iced him at this stage yeah oh we should also say this is a martial arts division title match because booker t is uh the dot mad champion indeed it's 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 actually a, a match of two former uh like the current and one of the former champions so it's uh, and uh, funny enough they didn't mention that on commentary. No, weird. It's, it's almost like it's something we invented. Uh, mm. um, <laughs> I commentators uh, again doing a disservice to all the performers on this show by I think seconds into this they completely give up any pretense and just like uh, I think Tony says, look. Uh, Saren's gear makes absolutely no fucking sense. They absolutely bury the Mm storyline of him, like, you know, being the bald bombshell and stuff like that. And they're just like, oh, we have absolutely no idea why he's doing this. Like, I don't like the storyline, but that doesn't mean you pretend like it didn't happen. You you can totally trace back the why he started going down this route. All you have to say is, he lost to Chris Jericho in a match where the loser had to wear a dress. Then he started leaning into it. Yeah, start leading to it. He start, you know, it's his it's his mind games yeah. because you know because he's coming off crazy. He's you know he's picking up wins here and there when he'd been in a funk beforehand. There is plenty to explain, yes. and they just elect not to, uh, which is incredibly disappointing. Um, hey, what did you think of the match as a whole? By the way, it was a weak effort from two of my favorite guys on the roster. It it, yeah. it could never live up to obviously that that Super Bowl match, um, yeah. But I would expect better from these two, given the amount of time they had. Mm. But also, can you blame them for not going out there and killing themselves in front of this crowd? Not only that, yeah, yeah. So the the crowd is one of the things working against them. The commentary for us watching at home is another. But the third thing as well is that their relative positions on the card, um. And how this match is put together. Did you for a single second in this match perceive Saturn as a threat? No. Like, and that goes to show you, like, this was a guy who literally was getting the, like, not a monster push, but you were just like, this guy should be, was it Fall Brawl last year Mm -hmm. when he beat Raven? And I was like, this guy should be US champion within a couple of months. Like, absolutely. But that that was the point I was going to make. Like, I'm talking about Super Brawl 98, where these two had a match over the TV title. Booker T just last month won the TV title again. Neither guy has been elevated at all. They have literally just been swimming up this fucking river of shit to land back in the exact same spots. And and whatever about, like, they've absolutely fucked Saturn at this stage. It would take an unbelievable amount of rehabbing to get him taken seriously as a champion. But Booker... Like, again, it's our favourite thing to talk about with Booker. And that's like... You could heat this guy up any time over a couple of months and he's a world title contender. Like, he has been... He is the worst holding pattern case in the company mm-hmm. at this stage. He is ready. It, it's disgusting that they waited until mid-2000s to fucking get this man yeah. as a world champion. It, it's it's one of the things that's really going to annoy me as we move forward on this show. Just the absolute yeah. misuse of this, this guy. 
Yeah. Oh, especially with like some of the storylines, mm. you know, are coming up with them as well. They're such, such misuse of the guy. Um, crowd finally starts going when Saturn hits a huge German suplex and his his picture perfect splash. Uh, Booker hits his spine buster and uh, uh, he hits the axe kick then, but it's so funnyly again to see in 1999 that the axe kick is still a transitional move. Yeah, which is really weird considering how much, like, it's such a big move for that time. Yeah. Again, not even like, it's not like he gets to WWE and then it's his finish. It's like, no, in WCW, this, like, the the, the back end of WCW, the axe kick he was finishing mm-hmm. dudes with. So it's weird, you know, uh, yeah, whatever, I guess. I guess there's a certain point at which he's like, yeah, I'm I'm done putting my arse no, through the Harlem I hangover. Think, I think it's that whole thing of, uh, like, Shawn Michaels always talks about, like, he was riding down the road with Scott Hall and talking about, you know, what finish he was going to have as a singles guy. And he's like, ah, uh, you know, I'm mm. using the teardrop suplex or whatever. And Scott is like, no, use super kick. It's your best move. And I honestly yeah. think it's somebody sat down with Booker and was like, why aren't you using this as your finish? It's your best move. No, not only that, but it, it goes through that, like, you know, that popular axiom of, like, the axe kick is, uh, of all his ones, all his big moves mm-hmm. is probably the easiest one to hit out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, because the other ones he's using to finish dudes at this time are the Harlem Hangover and the Missile Dropkick, both of which require, you know guy to be in position and him to be on the top rope yeah um so it's just easier um so he hits the axe kick does a flapjack he misses the harlem side kick uh does a so then saturn gets the waist lock attempts a german booker gets the roll up and wins uh never in doubt really yeah it's just it's sad to see that two guys that we really like on the show have a match and we're just kind of like eh yeah, it happened. What can you do? Um, then we get a replay of one of uh, Lee's favorite video packages. Sixty seconds with Goldberg. That last Ninety seconds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The uh, the timey wimey sixty <laughs> seconds with Goldberg. Um, still good. Still, uh, you show me video packages of Goldberg smashing into dudes, and you know I'll get on board. G- Goldberg is very much the uh, flying pig in the Simpsons. It's just a yeah. bit dirty. It's still good. It's still good. It's still good. It's still good. Um, main event time already, Lee. And this is, I, I think, it reflects how the paucity of talking points on these tape shows that were already at the main event. Mm-hmm. It's Barry Windham versus Ric Flair for the WCW title. Uh, it's interesting because when I went to, I usually copy the, the 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 matches over onto my document before I start filling out the notes from Cage Match. A Cage Match has it listed as a non-title match, and I was like, "Does Ric Flair like randomly make this a non-title match in the middle of it? <laughs> because like they they hold up the belt and everything like that. Weird one." But anyway, um, let's talk, Lee. We're half of a pay per view cycle through since the. The double turn. How are you assessing Flair so far? Um, They're really leaning into this kind of power hungry fucking. It's just, he's Eric Bischoff as a wrestler. That's what he is. And they're not even going the whole hog with it, Lee. I think that's that's one of the many sticking points I have with it. I, I think 
the whole power mad president of the company who's also the world champion I don't think it fits him no, well no it doesn't like, did, 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 at this, this point this guy that was a like, what, fucking 13 time world champion before he won the title as WCW president he doesn't need to be WCW yeah. president to be world champion yeah um, it doesn't fit him well um, and like then on top of everything as like I said they don't go it's like they, they go half arsed with his going mad with power mm-hmm. oh know? listen they're about to um, go full on with the fucking go mad yeah like he's, you know, they did the thing where like he's trying to rig the draw so only the mid carders get in. But then for some reason, when Rey Mysterio wins it and he doesn't want it, even though he's president of the company, he is apparently Powerless. legally yeah, bound yeah. the results of this raffle. Um, and then like, you know, if you're president of the company, you can like, there. He's he's doing the thing with the crooked ref, but is the crooked ref really in his pocket? Is he afraid of him? Is it a bit of both? It's not. It's not good storytelling. No, it's just not good storytelling. It's all over the place, and I mean, I I mentioned this. I think it was on Nitro Nitro, or it could have been the Last Thunder. Um, they've taken what was a very hot face tag team in Malenko and Benoit, who now have to be heels. Yeah, they've killed yeah. their push. Yeah. Which is a real shame, which is like weirdly defaulted Wyndham here into being a babyface. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, even though he's been a despicable heel for months. Kurt Henning and Barry Wyndham, known good guys of the last fucking four months of TV, are now going against yeah. the heel world champion. And this this schmoz of, of booking and half arse not thought through storylines leads to a main event that is Ric Flair versus Barry Windham that no one really gave a fuck no. about. Um, not the commentators for sure. Uh, the crowd at the start are giving Flair a lot of shit, but even they start to mellow out after a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and like... Flair isn't exactly going for it in this, and neither's Wyndham. It's like it, everybody was just switched off for this. What was the weird thing with Flair and the fans at the beginning of the match? So at the beginning of the match, they're like, I, I can, you can audibly hear fans going, "You suck, Flair." And then he he gets the mic before they've even like locked up and he stands on the apron and he's talking about how he could take five of their women at one time and starts calling the fans fat and stuff like that. And it's just like, again, it's that at this stage in his career, even if he's going to be a heel, I don't think he should have been, as we've said before on the show. This is such cheap heat. Mm-hmm. for It's so lazy. For Flair to try and get this kind of heat. You know what I mean? He should be... Like, if you're the... Ma- like, you have all the power. You should be above this. Or you should play it in a different way. Um, A way that you could play it in Ric Flair's role that I think would be interesting is kind of like the 2001 Austin character of the, like... He's got all the power and he's got the belt and he's got the the kind of, like, the heels behind him. But he's paranoid. Yeah, he, he feels like every, everyone's you know I mean? out to get him. Yeah, I think that's an interesting way you could have done this. Mm-hmm. But that's not really what it is. It's the most, like... I, I don't even know what the word for it is. It's just... I don't know what it is. It's disappointing. It's half-arse is what it is. It's like... The, the turn itself, I, I didn't care for, uh, as we've talked about. But... 
if you're going to go right, we're committing, we're turning Flair, we're turning Hogan. Fucking go mm-hmm. with it. You've made your bed. So, like, you might as well try and make the most of it. And they just don't. You know what I mean? And speaking of the double turn as well, fucking Hogan not mentioned once on this show. You know what I mean? I'm not saying he has to run out or wrestle or anything like that on this show, but, like, you're... You're, what, two thunders after the pay-per-view, and you're not mentioning the guy who is now presumably the number one babyface in the company. Yeah. It's... It makes no sense at all. Like, obviously, yeah. look, they, they gave us the Goldberg package. That's grand. Yeah. But but he's not on no, the show. He's not on the show. Nash isn't on the show. <laughs> Why would he be? <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Paige isn't on the but show. But like, we know... Brett, Bre- Brett, who is challenging for the world title on Monday. Or not challenging for the world Challenge title. Challenge Goldberg. Challenge Goldberg. No fucking mention of that. Now, I know you can't do it in the arena because the challenge hasn't been laid mm-hmm. out yet. Uh, in their continuity, but no video package. I mean, Dave, it's almost like at Nitro on Monday they could have added, you know, recorded video stuff to be added to Thunder. Yes, which is something. Yes, or just do just do a chop up video package like they did of that US yeah. title match that happened on Nitro. You know, it's such a rare thing where they have the taped night the taped Thunder that they actually add stuff from Nitro, like not stuff. That you wouldn't have seen on Nitro. Like, they ha- they don't ever record mm. promos or stuff no. to be added in. Mm. It very rarely happens. Um, So, uh, one of the things I really enjoy uh, that I think is dumb fun about these taped, night- uh, taped thunders is when the commentators get caught out and you know that they, uh, they aren't actually there commentating it live. Mm. Um... So there was one a couple of weeks ago um, where they couldn't see what was happening in the ring. They couldn't see who was coming out and they were trying to pretend like they could. Um, This one was really good. Did you catch this as they went into a break? No, go on, what was it? So they went into a break during this match and they came back and the figure four was locked in. But because the commentary is in studio, Tony had no idea who had the hold locked in. So both men are kind of moving around and kind of like, you know, selling a bit. But Tony has absolutely no idea who it is. And he's trying to figure out is like, is it Flair that has it in? Like you can you can almost hear the cogs turning. And then he says something to the effect of like, I believe Barry Windham has Ric Flair in the figure four. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. Yeah, it's just because he wasn't watching throughout the break that he was definitely in the arena for. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Wyndham hits what I gotta say is an awful looking running clothesline like Flair fed in badly and he just kind of grazed him with his fingertips mm-hmm. um, he is then the, the I suppose one of the stories of this match is that anytime he gets a near fall he is suspicious of Robinson's count because it's it's being um, you're being beaten over the head with the fact that it's Charles Robinson appointed to a Ric Flair match again Um I'm just so... It feels like only yesterday we had the Nick Patrick stuff with the NWO. You know, you're a year later and you've got the heel champion uh, on the powerful side of the organisation with the crooked ref, or is he? Lazy, 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 lazy. Yeah. Um. 
So Flair is on the back foot now. He misses an atomic drop, another clothesline, a better looking one from Wyndham. Uh, and Flair has to get his foot on the ropes. Uh, Flair gets annoyed with Robinson that he had to kick out. Uh, it's like, why did you nearly count the pin? You know, jawing back and forth with him. Uh, Wyndham hits a nice looking suplex back into the ring. Uh, and Robinson stalls massively to begin his count. This sends Wyndham into a rage. Uh, Wyndham hits a superplex that Lee took so fucking long. I was like, well, Flair's reversing this. Um, and I was I was incredibly surprised when he actually hit it. This felt like this superplex took longer than half the matches on this show. Yeah, it was, it was weird that it took so long to actually set up for the move. Now, look, the superplex is a pretty protected Barry Wyndham move. So, you know, it was yeah. a realistic near fall if you actually had any belief that Wyndham could win yeah also commentary does not help you out by saying that you know this is his dreaded superplex mm-hmm. it's just like oh he's gonna do the superplex yep he did the superplex <laughs> you know um, the one bit of you know Robinson is he crooked is he not that I, I actually liked was this moment so after the superplex the way he stalls the count isn't doing the particularly the usual melodramatic I'm just going to stand there and wait to do the count he does the thing where he's struggling to get in is struggling air quotes to get into yeah, position yeah, yeah. to count the pin Um, and maybe um, Heenan in the one bit of like him trying to help the storytelling on the show is you know because of history he's backing flair um and he says that hey look referee had to get into position you don't know rick flair could have got his el- his shoulder up uh you don't know that uh robinson's a professional so i i, I liked that um Wyndham threatens him again. Then he goes into the corner with Flair and starts hitting him, uh, starts striking him. Robinson grabs a waist lock on Barry Wyndham and tries to break up the corner strikes. Um, Wyndham then kind of pulls back his fist to punch Robinson, who then like goes into a safety ball on the ground and uh, Flair pushes him over Robinson, uh, locks in the figure four. And then we have, Lee, when this figure four gets locked in, we have one of what I would say is the most annoying finishing sequences I've ever seen on I, this show. And that takes some doing. Yeah, I do like this fucking finish. So world champion Rick Flair gets his finishing hold onto tag team wrestler Barry Windham. Yeah. And Windham gets to the ropes with the help of Aaron Anderson, who is Rick Flair's best friend. Aaron Anderson then proceeds to whisper something in Wyndham's ear and Wyndham just walks out. And the show ends. Yeah. The credits come up as Wyndham is walking away so you don't even get to see the full count out. And I think it's like part of why I felt so appalled is that I was like, oh, after all this, maybe they're going to do something a bit interesting where Arn is siding with Wyndham and we're going to have like a, a proper like confrontation, an interesting moment, a talking point to send us into a, a big nitro. Nope. nope. I don't think they'll ever mention this again. I'll be honest. <laughs> you heard it here first. Mark that one down in the predictions. I mean, we're, we are, the next show we do will be Knights of Nitro, which is covering the next Nitro, so we will know for sure. Yeah. Oh, fucking hell. It was just, uh, just a load of piss. 
And it wasn't like it wasn't like it was a great match until then that was ruined no. by this finish. It wasn't great, and then they still fucked us over on the finish. There was no Lee. You were saying, like you said, the singles world champion versus tag team wrestler. There's absolutely no reason on this earth to protect no. Barry Windham except that Flair likes the guy. Didn't yeah, want yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, didn't want him to job. Yeah. Just stupid. Absolutely stupid. Yeah. <sighs> What did you think of this show overall? Winners and Dumb. losers. Uh, <laughs> with, you, you said it like with good commentary and kind of focus on what was going on. I don't think it would be a bad show. But there's just yeah. so much dumb shit. And it's just. Yeah. They can't get out of their own way sometimes. And it just, it, it's yeah. incredibly frustrating. And I think frustrating is the, the thing I will leave this show with the most. I'm just, it's yeah. dumb. It's just so, so dumb. Like, like I'm looking at our runtime here on the show, Lee, and like, even on, like a, like on a really good Thunder, few and far between, obviously, and a really bad Thunder, we enjoy talking mm-hmm. about it, good or bad. It's a mark of how little effort was put into this show, how fucking boring and bland it was, and how annoying the commentary was, that like I, I'm looking at this here I, I'm seeing like we're at roughly the one hour ten minute mark do you know what I mean it's like uh, on this show whereas normally I'm just like I even had a pre-production chat with you where I'm like Lee these shows we're going some too of these long. are running yeah. too long before, before <laughs> going too long before we even talk about WCW like this thing is going to be like well over two hours and then like fucking we get a bullshit show like this you know it's um it's really fucking phenomenally disappointing mm-hmm. for a... Again, it's not like we have tremendous faith in Bookerman Nash, but it's... I, I think the maddening thing at this stage in 1999, apart from all the dropped balls left, right and centre, um, and the, the, you know, the floppy enuses, is that there is such an embarrassment of riches under contract in, in WCW that... How do you not accidentally have an interesting show? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, I would have to, with the roster they had, deliberately book a show to be this, like, uh, forgettable. Yeah, I mean, like, at this point, they still have 200 plus people in their contract. I mean, how yeah. do you not fly fucking eight, Lanny eight, li- <laughs> eight luchadors in and just say, right, Thunder is taped this week. Or, you know, Thunder is taped, a double taping this week. Kick off the mm. second show, we're going to have a fucking 10 minute luchador match. Yeah. Six man tag. Yeah. Doesn't even have to, like, literally. Because that could be a reason. The, the, I'm putting this match on, and that's what I want to yeah. do. But also, even like, you saw the, the one cruiserweight match on this. They don't even need to be luchadors. Just anyone from that division of young, hungry talent is going to put on something, even if it's not. Uh, like, I'm not saying I need, you know, matches that would go on the sheet if I was doing it in 1999. Mm. You know, I, I think something that I even talked about on the sheet podcast this month was like, we are spoiled that we are living in the first era in our lifetimes anyway, where consistently several times a month, a nationally televised wrestling promotion is putting on 3.5 plus yeah. star matches regularly. Um, so like we don't have any illusions towards expecting classics on Thunder every week. We just ask for something that's worth 
watching worth thinking about for more than two minutes after a it happened. A couple of good TV matches wouldn't kill you. Like, yeah. and by good, I mean like two and a half to three, three and a half stars. Like, I would say there's a reasonable chance that if you, uh, you know, not when we do Nitro, but when we do like Thunder 57, if you gave me a quiz on what happened on Thunder 56, I, I would fail it. I wouldn't doubt it. I'll probably be right there with you. Um, if I didn't take, as people saw when I posted my show notes last week, um, I usually take about two to three thousand words worth of notes during an average mm-hmm. thunder. Um, and I probably have half that for this. Um, and also without those notes, I probably wouldn't have remembered a single thing that fucking happened. <laughs> Just thinking there off the top of my head. Hey, remember when Mikey Ripwreck debuted at the pay-per-view? Yeah. I, I really hope the somebody has sent out a search party for that, that guy. that dude disappeared. They mentioned him on this they show. They did. Yeah, they did. He's he like, ah, Mikey Ripwreck debuted at the pay-per-view. And they may as well have gone, and you're not going to fucking see him. Yep. <laughs> I know he isn't in the company long, but Jesus. Do fucking something with him. Jesus Christ. Like. Yeah. Um... Right, uh, the finish counter brought to you by Ludwig Borga gives this a match with an astonishing seven matches. Uh, funnily enough, six clean finishes and one that I just had to put down as other non-finish because what the hell does that mean? We can only assume it was a count out, but we don't know. Yeah, because yeah, like the show was like, we're out of time before there was ever a countout or a bell or anything. It's just like they had a conversation and they're like, oh, we're, we're just not having a match anymore. Aaron <laughs> decided to have a chat with Barry and he's just like, ah, grand, I'm done. <laughs> Baz, the car's running. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think you went out and said, oh, all the hot water's nearly gone. You better get back. Yeah, you better hurry up. You better hurry up. Um, Never fuck yeah what a bad uh, show um, I I would find it I would be surprised if throughout the rest of the month of July we talk about anything as forgettable because um, I know well, <laughs> I know our Patreon shows are going to be bangers this month uh, I, I know that Nitro for better or worse is going to be a very well Dave let, let uh, me tell you at least the next Nights of Nitro is a, a Canadian crowd which I don't know if you noticed Dave yeah but Canadians tend to like wrestling. Yeah. And, you know, like, again, even there there, there will be some stuff on that show that will drive us mad. Guaranteed, oh, yeah. it's WCW. Yeah. But it will at least be worth talking about. Whereas this, like, I can't wait, Lee, to hit stop on this <laughs> and never speak about this episode again. That's, that's how it is. And it's not even... It's that worst thing wrestling shows can be. Boring. That's boring. Yeah. Um... And this is a, we're going to get more of these in 99. Like, until Russo arrives, where the middle ground completely evaporates. <laughs> where this is where you're going to have this fate uh, relatively often. <sighs> Can't wait, buddy. Can't wait. Yeah, so you might have to, like, uh, develop some sort of, like, party trick or something like that to, to fill the time. <laughs> I thought you were going to say drinking habit or something. I was like, oh, I'm halfway there. <laughs> <laughs> develop a drinking habit. You mean another one? Um that was we'd actually paid for you to go get drained out at a detox facility in Portugal <laughs> after that pay per view, and now you're just like, oh fucking hell, <laughs> right? Like Bam Margera breaking out. Oh my god. <laughs> On that note, 
let's leave it at that. We'll be back on the uh, the the Voices of Wrestling and our own feed in two weeks with Knights of Nitro number six. We'll be back next week on Patreon with Rehash of the Champions 2. Look forward to it. Thanks, everybody, for listening in. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks, everyone, for listening to another episode of Days of Thunder. Days of Thunder was produced by Lee Malone and edited by me, Dave Ryan. Keep up to date with the show and find all the ways to listen to us. You can follow us on Twitter at WCW Thunderpod or click the Linktree link in our Twitter bio or in the show notes. I am at the day to Dave on Twitter and Lee is at Malone underscore 713. Days of Thunder is a part of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. Follow the VOW network anywhere. Good podcasts are sold for more fine podcasts than you can shake a stick at. Thanks. MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. From issuance, please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.